Well, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, I'm here with Jerry Wyant, and my name is Jim Hughes, and this is the Gospel According to Jesus. So, Jerry, we're going to open God's Word today, and I just want us to think about a few things as we do this. The Word says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And what we want to do, and both of us are committed to do this, is giving whoever is hearing this message the Word of God. A lot of churches, a lot of places, a lot of ministries do everything but that. And we want to make sure we do that. We want to make sure that the Word of God is coming out. The Scripture says, those that honor Him, He will honor. And I know Jerry has seen this in his life. I've seen this in my life. As you honor the Lord, and and what that means is that in everything that you do and everything that you say and witnessing, sharing Christ with people, sharing the message of hope that God's not holding our sins against us, but He has given us a way And that way is through Jesus. When we do that, when we honor God in our lives, He honors us. And I can tell you many, many different examples of how God has honored myself, my family. You know, just recently, this job that I that I have, I I just look at those things as God, God giving us honor. And then, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I know in the midst of this coronavirus, and it. I know there's a lot of people that feel so helpless. I, I am just blown away by the amount of people that have died from this now. And, and I know you can feel helpless and depressed and a number of different things. But think about this. If God be for us, if God be for you, if God is on your side, who can be against us? And what that really means is that nobody can. I mean, the enemy can't. People can't. The world can't. The circumstances that you find yourself in can't. Because God loves you, He cares about you, and He has a plan for your life. So our theme scripture is going to be throughout this entire series of messages that Jerry and I give is Amos 8.11. And it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. And that's what Jerry and I are committed to do is giving you what God wants you to hear, and that's out of the Word of God. So today we're going to be starting our first in a series of discipleship messages. This is something I want all of us to be thinking about as as you hear this. We've walked you through a number of different messages. First one is that you're a sinner, that sin separates you from God. And I know that's maybe contrary to what you're hearing, unfortunately, across some pulpits and maybe even on the TV or, or radio. But but it's true. That's what the scripture says. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. That sin separates us from God. And so we learned about that, right? And then we learned about the gospel, this message that just blows me away when I think about it, how powerful this message is and what it does to the hearts of men. But the greatest message ever given to man, the message of salvation has set you free from sin and spiritual death. When you become a believer, when you've repented and asked God to forgive you of your sins, you're convicted of those sins, you come clean with God, God comes to dwell with inside of you. He changes your heart. Jerry mentioned that a couple of times in our podcast where he comes in and totally transforms your heart. That's what he does, and that's what happens. That's what separates Christianity from any other religion is it's not man striving, struggling, working his way or her way to heaven. It's God reaching down to man with this message of forgiveness. Now you're saved, right? You're born again. God's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise God. 
Now you need to be a witness. Now you need to share this with other people. And I'm not talking about just helping people with food and bread and water. Those things are important. When you find yourself able to do that, you need to do that. But that's not going to get them to heaven. This message is going to get them to heaven. This message of what Jesus has done for us. So you need to share that. And we encourage you to share that. We encourage you to go down the street, first person you come in contact with, share that message with them. And that message is powerful. And then we talked about how God gives you the courage to be that witness, to share that message. And we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how that work of grace in your life, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, makes you become a bold witness. And so now we pick that up. You're walking with God. And so we want to talk about the next thing in your life, and that needs to be discipleship. And both Jerry and I believe that that's really what's missing that's the key that's missing in a lot of churches today is there's really not a lot of discipleship. And so we're going to do our best to do that with you. And today we have picked as our first message, a message about rebellion. This is something we're seeing. And I know those of you that are listening, I'm sure that you've seen the footage of just outright rebellion in our streets in America, not only in our streets, but in other parts of the world. And that's what it is. And I know a lot of people think that it's a worthy cause to go in and do some of the things that we've seen happen where buildings are burned and cars are burned and people are hurt and people are killed and destruction happens, but that's rebellion and you need to understand it. And as a young believer, as a new believer, or even as a mature believer, this is discipleship 101. You need to understand what we see in D.C. and especially some of the footage that I saw where we see professing Christians, we see people with crosses and scriptures on their shirts and assuming they believe that they're, they're believers. And I'm not here to judge them. I'm just saying that that's not the attributes of what a believer would do. We saw the footage. All of us were blown away by it. So as a believer, as a follower of Christ, or as a new believer, what do you think God thinks about rebellion? Just think about it. As you saw that footage and you saw what happened there, what do you think is going through the heart of God? What is, what is he thinking about this? Well, I have thought about it. I know Jerry has thought about it. And we have a great example of how God really thinks about this in the Bible. And when we get through with this message today, it will cause you to tremble in fear and reverence because it's a serious thing with God. And so, Jerry, when you think about rebellion and what you see going on in the streets today? I mean, what brings, what comes to your mind about that? Well, I believe, Jim, when we read what Paul wrote to Timothy about the last days, I believe we're walking very close to that. And pair that with the fact that the, uh, there's a famine for hearing the Word of God. People's ears are closed to what God's speaking today. It, it's a sad state that we're in. We're uh, in a new transition now between presidents. And as you stated last time, that there was a tremendous amount of hate between one group to another, and there still is. And the President Trump is out of office now, and yet there's still going after him. And it almost seems to me that people's hearts aren't in the right place. Uh, it, there has to be a, a sense of forgiveness and letting go and let's go forward because the past is already there. We Amen. can't dwell on it anymore. But people's hearts, I think, have been filled with so much anger and bitterness and hate. And I'll deal with that at the end of this message. But that rebellion is a seed that starts down in our heart and it continues to grow. And if it isn't dealt with, it's a sad state that that person ends up in. Amen. That's that's really good. I, 
I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that's that's powerful, and it, that seed that can so be driven deep into the heart of a person, it's really hard to get it out. And we're done with our podcast. We we believe we're going to bring understanding and healing and just a way out of that if you're involved in that. So our story starts with Numbers 16.1. And so this is a story about Korah, real famous story in the Bible. A lot of people talk about it, but when you read about it, it just blows you away that this actually happened. So now Korah, son of Ishar, the the son of Koloth, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abram, the sons of Elab, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they stood before Moses, together with some of the sons of Israel. 250 leaders of the congregation chosen in the assembly, men of renown, they assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard this, now listen to this, he fell on his face and he spoke to Korah and all his group saying, tomorrow morning, the Lord will make known who is his and who is holy and will bring that one near to himself. Indeed, the one whom he will choose, he will bring near to himself. Do this, take censers for yourself, Korah, and your whole group, and put fire in them and place incense in them in the presence of the Lord tomorrow. And the man whom the Lord chooses shall be the one who is holy. You have gone far enough, you sons of Levi. Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it too small an honor for you that the Lord of Israel has singled you out from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to perform the service of the tabernacle and the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them. And listen to that. This is really kind of a, a little snippet of how the Lord looks at ministers and how important they are and, and how serious ministers need to take that mantle that God has put on them and stand before the congregation to minister to them and that he has brought you near, Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. But are you seeking the priesthood as well? Therefore you and your whole group are the ones gathered together against the Lord. But as for Aaron, who is he that you grumble against him? Then Moses sent a summons to Dathan and Abram, the sons of Elab, but they said, we will not come up. So, so basically, they're asking for these 250 choice men that have gathered with Korah to come up and do what Moses is saying needs to be done. And that's their response. We will not come up. So let's, let's just unpack this scripture real quick. So Korah and 250 leaders of the congregation, these were renowned men chosen to lead. Now listen, you have to take that really serious. I mean, these are chosen by God to lead, right? The whole nation looked up to them. They were given honor and authority than any other man that was in the nation of Israel. In a democracy, the ballot boxes allows for challenges to those that hold office. But as God reaches out to people and puts that mantle on them, you really need to be careful about challenging them. So how is this rebellion handled? You know, let's just think about this. So this is a rebellion going on. This is a mutiny going on. So how is it handled? I mean, probably today it, it would be handled a lot different, but this is how you need to look at this. It wasn't handled by men. 
It wasn't handled by some council. It wasn't handled by elders or deacons or people that were voted in somewhere. This particular situation, God himself dealt with this. So God himself chose to deal with the situation. So think about that. Think about anything and everything that we do as people, sins that we've done. The fact that God steps up, steps off the throne and deals with this himself is powerful. So look at verse 20. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourselves from among this congregation so that I may consume them instantly. Wow. Look, the children of Israel have seen multiple supernatural events as they get to this part in their travel with God. They have seen amazing miracles. So when God says that I'm going to consume them instantly, I'm telling you, they know that he could do that. The congregation that is now supporting Korah, they're in trouble. This is now turning into a huge deal, and God's not playing around. The Lord God has come off his throne to personally deal with Korah and Dathan and Abram and this rebellion. But look at this. Even in the worst situations, even in this situation, God is willing to listen. Verse 22, but they, Moses and Aaron, fell on their faces and said, God, the God of the spirits of humanity. When one person sins, now listen to this, will you be angry with the entire congregation? This is an intercession happening right there in front of everybody. Both Moses and Aaron have fallen down and they are crying out to God and they are trying to intercede on behalf, even, even though they know what's going on. This bad for Korah and the people and what they're doing. And he's saying, will you be angry with all the, the entire congregation? Moses and Aaron were interceding for the rest of the Israelites. This is a foreshadow of grace that we experience today. God hears us and he listens to us. And it's not just that your words go up into the, the atmosphere, into heaven, and nobody listens. God listens. I had this happen to me when my dad had a heart issue. His aorta had torn in his heart, and he had to be life-flighted to Baptist Medical Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. The helicopter couldn't get off the ground due to the weather. It was snowing and, and ice was forming, so they actually had to put him in an ambulance, and it was, it was about a two-hour trip um, from where he was to Little Rock. And we were in the hospital. My, my uh, brother was with me, my youngest brother, who was really close to my dad. My dad smoked, I mean, since the time he was 16. And so he's probably at this point 61, maybe 62. They come out to us. He's in intensive care. His lung, one of his lung had collapsed. He had lost a lot of blood. The Lord gave me this word. And so Baptist Medical Center, for those that maybe are around the Little Rock area, is a is a fabulous hospital and it has a really good place to, to pray and to just seek the Lord. It's amazing. And ministers come in, pastors, lay preachers come in and they'll, they'll speak with you. They'll talk with you. They'll pray with you. It's at that time, it was an amazing thing to see. But as I was praying, the Lord gave me this word, Hebrews nine twenty seven. it's been appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And so the Lord was saying, look, it's been appointed unto men once to die. This is your dad's time. And I told my little brother that. So we prayed and we started to pray. And listen, God showed mercy. We prayed and we said, look, Lord, my dad doesn't know you. He's not saved. Please give him some more time. Give him another chance. And so as we were praying, we probably were in prayer for about 15 minutes. 
So about a, maybe from the time that the hospital staff, the doctor had come in and told us that it didn't look good, that all these things were happening to him, and typically what happens is that they die. We were praying, and then about 40 minutes into that, after we had prayed for a few minutes, they came back and said, hey, you need to come into your, your dad's room. His lung has reinflated, and he's actually opened his eyes, and we're going to take his respirator out. And let me tell you something. We were, my brother and I were just on cloud nine. We just were just blown away by that. That has happened right in front of us. That's the same thing that happened here with Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron are interceding on behalf of these folks, these children of Israel, and just as we did for our dad. And what happened? God changed his mind. God decided to do something different. Listen to this. In John eleven forty nine. Caiaphas, who was the high priest, says that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation would be saved. That's what Jesus did for us. He interceded for us. He gave his life for us. God listened. Amen. So then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the congregation saying, so now God's changing his mind. He's, he's, this intercession has worked. Speak to the congregation saying, get away from the, from the areas around the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. So he's saying, okay, all right, I'm going to do this a little bit different. I'm not going to destroy everyone, but tell the people to get away from these three men. Then Moses arose and went to Dathan, Abram, with the elders of Israel following him, and he spoke to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of these wicked men. Moses and the elders ran through the congregation, warning them of the wrath to come. You would think after this, after everything that they witnessed, they would repent, right? Well, they didn't. And that's kind of the way it is today. People seeing the same type of things, and they just don't repent. There are those saying everything is great, and we have whatever we want, and God has given it to us, we, whatever we ask. But the world around us is in chaos and rebellion in the streets, looting and mayhem. God is saying, repent and get your heart right. Are we listening? Are we listening to what God's saying? The congregation listened, and they moved away from these men, and God spared them. So look at verse 31. And as he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them, their households, and all of their possessions. Wow. I mean, it just happened that fast, and it was over. God dealt with this issue himself. Those that are listening, this is discipleship. You need to understand that rebellion is a serious thing with God. It needs to be a serious thing with us. It's opening God's word and asking him to speak to you, and God should be speaking to you now. So there are valuable lessons here. And I'm not saying we don't need to listen to pastors or ministers there are many that have not bowed their knees to this non-biblical Christianity that we see that believes God is more concerned about social justice or being politically correct or environmental, environmental justice or LGBT rights than anything else. He's not. He's concerned about the hearts of men. He's concerned about the souls of people so much as he has sent his only son to take our place. So Jerry... What's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's a, that's a powerful story about how God deals with rebellion. Well, Jim, I'd like to point out, we as Christians, we're given a mandate in Ephesians 4, 30 to 31, to be and act like Christian. The Apostle Paul stated, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all Malice. Now, let me share a short definition of each word. 
because some of the verbiage we may not quite understand, but I'll let you decide whether you, as a believer, could possibly be in rebellion yourself. Number one is bitterness. We talked about that early. Anger, definition of bitterness is anger and disappointment of being treated unfairly. Number two is wrath. It's a strong, vengeful anger or indignation. Retributory punishment for an offense or a crime. We've seen a lot of wrath come out of the riots in the street. We've seen strong, vengeful anger or indignation taking place. And number three is anger, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Clamor, a noisy shouting, a strong and loud demand. Did you see that happen as well? Sure we did. Number five is slander. The action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging a person's reputation. Goodness, just look at politics today. It's all over our entire Congress, and it's just unbelievable. The hate that's in people's heart and in the news media making false statements and not ever saying they made a mistake or apologize for the slander they do. But number six is malice, and that's a desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to another, intent to commit an unlawful act, or cause harm without legal justification. And Paul says that in in Ephesians 4, 30 and 31. It was the last thing he said. He gave a list of all the emotions and feelings that we have, but he said in the end, he said, along with all malice. Now, how many can justify actions that grieve the Holy Spirit? If you can identify with any of these emotions or actions, please ask the Holy Spirit to begin the change in you. In verse 32, Paul tells us to be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit, but continue to shine our light because the world needs to see Jesus more now than ever before. Keep tuning in for the insights to the gospel according to Christ. We want to help you be an overcomer. We want to help you to be the light of Christ in other people's lives. Please join with us. Amen. And let's change our world. Amen. That is so powerful. You know, as you were reading some of those off, I I have to admit, I got it. I got convicted. You know, I mean, we deal with people day to day in our lives and our jobs and our driving down the road, going into the store, and sometimes those things well up. And, and you have to, you have to ask God to forgive you. And so we're just encouraging you. If you were part of that, what we saw in the news and in DC and you, you were convicted about that. Let me tell you something. Jerry and I want to tell you that God forgives and he will make your heart right. Ask him to do so. But then as you move forward as a believer, think about that. Think about rebellion and the things that Jerry just read off in the scriptures. Walk your walk with that in mind. Well, look, we're so pleased that you joined us today, and we want to let you know that we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on in your life, and we want to give our email addresses here right now. And if you have a question or you have a comment or, or, or just a testimony about what God's done in your life, we'd love to hear. And especially if you're going out and you're sharing your faith with people, if you're talking to people about Christ, giving them the gospel, not just inviting them to church, and although that's really important, but sharing this message, tell us about it. I'm at jimhughes71 at hotmail.com. And Jerry? 
PTL, praise the Lord, Wyant, W-Y-A-N-T at AOL.com. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.